What you said earlier about customer service is, is, is and sales are hand in hand. I say customer service is sales mm. because for me, if I go into a place of business and I buy from them and my experience is bad or it, well, if before I buy, if the experience is bad, I won't buy. Yeah. So you've lost my sales. Exactly. Right, because customer service is your reputation. What's going on, family? Welcome to another episode of the Traffic, Sales, and Profit Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And if you're a black entrepreneur looking to grow and scale your business or to grow and scale your wealth, you're in the right spot. And specifically, entrepreneurs, I want you listening because today we're talking about not just service, but customer service. Not just customer service, but five-star excellent customer service. And I have the specialist, the expert for this, Angela Black, the CEO of Client Relations Consultants, here to teach us what we should be doing. And maybe to teach us what we shouldn't be doing at the same time. So thank you, Angela, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Now, before we get into um, the tips, uh, I want to tell people something about your background, right? How did you get into this role where you became an expert around uh, customer service and customer relations and things like that? Okay. So I started in sales and customer service when I was 14. It's pretty much all mm. I know. And, you know, what's funny is I, my background is in healthcare, but I've really never worked in healthcare. It's always been sales. But the type of sales that I did was pharmaceutical sales. And my personality is such that I'm not a hard salesperson. I'm yeah. more consultative. Okay. And so throughout my career, that's what I've done. And I did very well being a consultative salesperson. So more of an advisor, more mm -hmm. than um, really hard-nosed sales rep. And over the years, um, I just developed that skill, did very well, won a lot of awards, got promoted. I was a trainer of reps. I was a manager. And I remember when I was in my 20s, there was a manager, a, di a district manager for one of the pharmaceutical companies, and he retired. And when he retired, I asked him, I said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to be a consultant. And I thought, well, what is that? And he said, well, I have all of this knowledge of being a manager and I can help small pharmaceutical companies with uh, learning how to manage their reps. And I thought, nice. one day, I think when I get tired of working for somebody, I will be a consultant. Right. But I didn't know what I was going to consult in at the time. Well, fast forward 20 something odd years and I had been laid off four times in my career. Wow. And I, I don't know if you've ever been laid off, but it's... Yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, it's jarring. Yes, it and, is. And um, this last time, though, I saw it coming and I said, I'm not going to work for anybody else. I want to take all the experience, all the expertise, all the knowledge I have and create a consulting firm where I teach small Black-owned and women-owned businesses how to increase their sales using customer service. So... I um, start. I actually saw your. Uh, you had a challenge, yes. and I watched the challenge, and then I came to. I think it was game plan, and I started my business in anticipation of being laid off. And once wow. I got laid off, I said, "That's it. I'm done. I'm not going back." That's amazing. I didn't know that part. I didn't yeah. know that last part. Yeah. So it's a few things you said that I love, and I wanted to point it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and one, we'll get more into this, but the fact that a lot of people don't realize that sales is a function of customer service. Oh, like, yeah. like, like, you know, when you're talking and engaging with the client, whether it's for good terms or bad terms, there's a sales opportunity there. So we're definitely gonna talk about that in just a few minutes. Uh, but I also love how you talked about um, seizing the opportunity, being ready for, hey, if I get laid off again, I'm already gonna be moving in motion. And I think that's something, like too many people, even when they see the writing on the wall, 
are still just sitting and waiting for bad things to happen. Like they know a bad thing is happening, right? It's like coming, that train is coming, you see the lights, yeah. but you literally it's like, I hope it don't happen to me, but it's happening to everybody else around us. Right. And, and even when you told me, the one time I did get laid off, it was in like the fourth round of layoffs, the company it did, mm -hmm. but it still was jarring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't even like, I wasn't even the first wave. I was like the fourth of probably six, but mm -hmm. it still was shocking. It still was almost a feeling of like, why me? It still was, um, I'll never forget like, like walking out of the building, getting in my car and being like, now what? I know, yeah. Now, I think that's a good way to, you know, I never really thought about it before, but like, I think that was like a good way to sum it up. Like the feeling was now what? Right. And for me, thank God, I was in a position where I already knew now what, because I, I had it. already started building my business by the time I was laid off. But this isn't my first rodeo. This isn't the first business that I started. My first, um, well, one of the businesses I started was I was a professional organizer and I used okay. to help people get rid of clutter. And I was on Hoarding Buried Alive. I, I mean, I did all oh, wow. kinds of, yeah. So there's some things you don't know That's about like me. That's like the holy grail <laughs> of organizing to be on Hoarders, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. So I got a chance to do that. But because of my organizing brain, that helps me in what I do now because I'm, I'm really organized with the way I think about setting up your sales and customer service, right? So that's how I help my clients is with that organizing part of my brain. Um, but yeah, I think because this isn't my first rodeo with being an entrepreneur, I, my first business, I was 14 and I started my first business back in the day in high school. So I've always had that, that entrepreneurial spirit and that drive and that work ethic that you need to be an entrepreneur. So I think that really helped me when it was time for the layoff. When the layoff came, I was just like, all right, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Now, um, you talked about the fact that you specifically focus on black businesses and women-led businesses. Mm -hmm. Do you think that black businesses get a bad rap when it comes to customer service? Absolutely. So this is one of my, I'm, I'm about to get on my soapbox. Okay. So this is one of my <laughs> things is... I get frustrated when I hear, especially other black people say that when a black owned business makes a mistake or doesn't perform to whatever level they expect, they say, well, I'm never working with them again. Or they say, I'm never working with a black business again. And they tell all their friends and family not to work with that person again. And it, it just really frustrates me because we don't get the benefit of the doubt when we make a mistake as black owned businesses, right? But when you look at somebody like Walmart, who is notorious for bad customer service. People shop there over and over again. They complain about it, but they shop there over and over again. And it's like, why won't you give a small business, especially a Black-owned small business, a chance? If they made a mistake, tell them. Give them a chance to improve themselves, right? Instead of pushing them in the ground. And, and in the age of social media and reviews yeah. on social media, you can really do damage to a small business just because they made a mistake. So my goal is to help my clients as much as possible prepare so that they don't make those mistakes. And if they do make a mistake, figure out a way that they can still get that customer to come back. And that's my goal. That's so powerful because I can't tell many times, even with us, right? Someone will will email in and say, their first thing, they'll start the email. I tried to support a black company. Like you can just feel like that's the yes. that's the intro is I tried to support a black. I try to support my people. <laughs> yes. But I paid $1.99 for that ebook and I knew you were gonna try to beat me out of it and scam me. Right. And literally we're like, uh, sir, ma'am. Did you check your junk folder? <laughs> then they come back like, oh, my bad, it was in the junk mail. But but literally, like, same thing you said. I, I'm, I'm sitting here in our office building where there's a, a Popeyes right across the street. And, like, the customer service is so bad. <laughs> Whenever, if, like, Ronnie's like, I'm getting Popeyes, I'm like, listen, I done told you before, don't go over there, right? 
go over there. She's coming back fuming mad. Yeah. But then like three months later, we'll still be back over there again, right? Yeah. I mean, how many times you've been to the mall? Or how many times you've been to a, rest a restaurant chain? I mean, like you said, like Amazon. Right. Like, like, but we wouldn't consider ever like stopping right. shopping at Amazon. But it's like, like one thing happens with a black owned business and you like, I'm not buying black. Right. Like this is a problem with the whole entire black community. And maybe it even was a valid situation where bad customer service happened. But how does one bad incident stroke the whole black community in the fact that you shouldn't buy black now? I, I mean, I haven't figured that out yet. What I ha what I've tried to figure out is what is it? Because, OK, we're going to be honest now, right? OK. There are black, white, it doesn't matter. But especially in the black community, I think we're hustling so hard when we mm -hmm. start these small businesses. And a lot of us are solopreneurs. We're trying to handle everything yes, by ourselves, right? So sometimes things do fall through the cracks, right? And I get that. But why not give feedback to that business to let them know what it is that they did wrong so that they can improve instead of just writing them off? That's my frustration. Um, but I think if we focus on... Um, Planning it out. That's my whole thing when I talk to my clients is uh, you got to plan out how you're going to treat your customers, the whole customer journey. How do you want them to feel? That's a big thing with me. How do you want your customers to feel when they interact with your business? And I think black owned businesses especially don't think about that. When we're planning our business, we may have our business plan. We mm -hmm. may we have our gadget that we're going to sell or our service that we're going to sell. But we haven't thought about what am I going to do if this customer isn't happy or what am I going to do to try to make this customer keep coming back and spending more money with me and telling their friends and family to spend money with me? We haven't thought about that. So that should be part of our thought process before we even get to oh, selling. Oh, yeah. That should be part moving. of the planning. Yes, That's because good. what you said earlier about customer service is, is, is and sales are hand in hand. I say customer service is sales mm. because for me, if I go into a place of business and I buy from them and my experience is bad or it, well, if before I buy, if the experience is bad, I won't buy. So you've lost my sale. Exactly. Right. Because customer service is your reputation. It's what people think about you. And I, I always use Walmart because it's one of the tops that's in, you know, known for bad customer service. But Frontier Airlines comes to mind because they mm -hmm. just like maybe a week or so ago decided that they weren't going to have a phone. Yeah. They like, oh, chat, chat, is <laughs> chat, WhatsApp and um, I think email maybe are the only ways that you can get in contact with a customer service rep. And, and, one and we the, already know anybody answering emails. No. We already, we already know this. No, and it's so frustrating because one of the biggest complaints people have is not getting a human being on the phone. Yeah. Right? Obviously, Frontier doesn't care. It doesn't, I mean, I say that because if, if they cared, they wouldn't get rid of their, their customer service department. But um, when you look at those companies and you say, okay, it's kind of like you get what you pay for. You look mm, at Frontier because yeah. they say, you know, we're a budget airline. Yeah, cheapest, so we're lowest not, fares, exactly. that type of stuff. So you're not going to have customers. Don't expect this, you know, so it's... But but even this, because as you say that, what it makes me think about is you can pick what you want to be known for. So I can be known true. for, hey, the cheapest bargain basement, but you're going to have like a, a terrible experience, right, um, <laughs> as a customer, but this, but at the other end... There's opportunity if you look through the lens as well, because one of the things is they say they're getting rid of their phone agents. One of the things that I think about because I fly a lot that I hate is the fact that when you do call an airline, the hold is always so long. Like, yes. no, it doesn't matter like what airline it is. So I'm like just the opposite. 
there's an opportunity in the marketplace just for somebody that could get more reps to pick up the phone faster, probably would just make more money. Right. Because people know, hey, you know what? If I got to change a flight, if I got to cancel something, if I got to do something, I can just pick up the phone. And, and even with our, um, our email software and tool, like one of the main things I would always say to people when they would say, hey, like, do you like this, the software that you guys use, you know, X, Y, and Z? I would say one of the things I love most about them is support. Because I said, I can call them, I can chat. And most of the time, I, I don't even call them, but it's nice to know if I need to, I can. Mm -hmm. But I chat. But you know the thing? When I chat, I get them almost instantly. Mm. And to me, that is like a differentiator. Like when somebody asks me, like, what are the things I like about it? That is always, if not number one, between number one and number two. Because I'm so used to getting the software companies saying, oh, you got to email us to put in the ticket. Mm -hmm. I'll get some, you know, auto response, of course, but I'm probably going to have to wait 24 to 48 hours to hear a response on something that most likely, because it's a tech thing, need right away in order to run my business. Right. And I think when you said it's a differentiator, that's the key. Because I think so many of us have gotten used to subpar customer service, right? We kind of yes. we kind of expect it. I think in this society nowadays, customer service is just, it's not good overall, right? So I think we've gotten used to that. And it's unfortunate. I don't think that that should be the status quo. Um, and I read a quote. It said 75. Uh, no, companies lose $75 billion annually for bad customer service. So let's go back to when you were talking about being on the phone so long with an airline, right? Let's just say you're trying to book a flight. Exactly. Right? And I've been on Delta Airlines, and I love Delta. I love Delta Airlines. But I've been on their phone, and it's like a two-hour wait. I've been there. Right? <laughs> yes. So let's say you're trying to book a flight. I mean, you could get frustrated and say, I'll forget it. I'll just go fly you know, Air, United mm -hmm. Airways or something, right? And now they've lost your business because they didn't have enough. Now, I read recently they're hiring thousands of um, flight attendants. Why not take some of that money and put it into the customer service, exactly. you know? Yeah. And I think companies just don't think about that. They're thinking about, uh, flight attendants do provide customer service on the flight, but what about outside of the flight, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. It's a differentiator if you provide that focused, personalized customer service. I know you guys went to Disney. Yes, so and you, learned about, yeah, yes. with the ITSP Collab, learned about that. And even that was eye-opening because they talked about um, how they strive for excellence in different pieces. And, and most of the things, I think that was most shocking to the group, it wasn't like these huge, big initiatives. And it wasn't things that cost a lot of money. I, no, I want to be right, clear about right, that, right? right? Like, like uh, increasing customer service didn't necessarily mean that they went and bought this huge computer system or, you know, uh, programmed this special thing in or got, you know, artificial intelligence. It was things like, hey, you know, we know that our first touch point is not when people walk inside the gates. The first touch point is in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Like, 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 literally, like the person at the toll letting them in, like, that's the first touch point. Mm -hmm. So we we kind of go all the way out to say, hey, you know what? Like, like, these are all the things that happen before they actually get to us and they come inside the park. How can we make that better? It was, you know, one of the biggest issues people had was that at the end of the day, they can't find their car. Because mm -hmm. the parking lot's so big, right? Mm -hmm. And if they got, you know, you imagine you got two or three small mm -hmm. kids that have been in the day park been in there. Florida, <laughs> in the sun there. all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you sound like, like this triggered, this like <laughs> triggered you, right? Um, but like being able to find your car. So they came up with a system around how they park and how they let you know where you park so it's easy for you to find it. Again, right, like all these things that are small things but made a huge difference. Right. And, and that's what I love about customer service. If you say, um, I want to be like world-class and I want to be the best, like I said, many times it's not about money, it's just about effort. 
and like you said, it's just being front of mind, top of mind. I want time to go towards this. I want budget to go towards this. And that's what I'm doing. Right. And I think for me, you, you got to think a little bit outside the box. Everybody's okay. sending emails. Right. So why not do something that's more personal? I'm a big proponent of phone calls. I like yeah. to get folks on the phone and talk to them. Um, one thing Delta Airlines did for me was one day I, I was getting on the plane and I go to my seat and there's this card in my seat, handwritten. And the reason I know for sure it was handwritten is because every word was a different color. Mm. Right. So I know that this person took the time and it was Hi, Angela. Wow. Thank you for flying with Delta Airlines. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed your trip and whatever. And I looked around to see if anybody else had it on their seat, right? <laughs> Nobody did. Wow. It was just my seat. So, I, you know, that didn't cost them anything. Right. It was just the effort, right? But it made me feel, wow, like so special. I even put it on social media. Like, look what Delta Airlines did for me. Um, and it's something simple like that that just makes you feel a little bit appreciated, you know? Um, when I go to, say, Publix mm -hmm. and Kroger, I like to use those two, the atmosphere is completely different. If you walk in a Kroger, the lighting is not as bright as it is at Publix. The aisles are not clean like they are at Publix. I, I very rarely see anybody stocking at Publix. And then when I ask somebody for help, they always know where to help me. They walk me mm. to where I need to go versus when I'm at Kroger, I don't get that. I like Kroger, but you know what? They always stock in Kroger. Like I'm walking around. <laughs> exactly. I, I never, I never thought about it before. Yes. But I'm walking around lifts. I'm walking like literally. They'll be coming through with like a pallet jack. And like, excuse me, excuse me. And I had to get to the side. You are absolutely. I never thought about that. But you're absolutely I, I pay right. attention to that. All it just, the time. it's just a way of life up in there. All this, and see, that's one of the reasons I don't like shopping at Kroger. <laughs> now their prices are less expensive than Publix. Okay. But again, you get what you pay for. In mm. some instances, right? So I'll go to Publix and, and they have the cashiers, several of them. I don't have to ring my own groceries up if I don't want to. Um, now you go to Kroger, there's one cashier and there's a long line for you to ring your own groceries up, right? So it's just little things yeah. that make you feel special and respected and appreciated that makes you stand out if you just implement those little things. Now, it's something you said I, I want to draw out because you said, hey, you're willing to pay more for this experience. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times entrepreneurs and small business owners are afraid to raise prices. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll be saying like, hey, again, this is a differentiator that will allow you to, to, to do more and to charge more and knowing that not everyone is willing to pay, right? Because a whole lot of people say, well, you know what? I'll fly to Frontier. I'll fly to Spirit because right. it's going to be cheaper. Right. Um, but then by the time they get off halftime, they'd be like, well, that wasn't, it wasn't worth, it wasn't that cheap, right? That wasn't worth it. But right. it's, it's some people that will still say, hey, I'll do that, right? right? But there are people that say, hey, I'll pay more for an actual elevated experience. So encouraging, you know, if you're an entrepreneur watching this, right, I want you to start thinking through that lens and, and thinking about if you can implement these things um, in your company to actually raise your prices and make it more profitable at the same time. Mm -hmm. Th this is good. So... Um, one of the things you also said earlier, we were talking about uh, black business and, and people, you know, sometimes unproperly, unjustly blaming black business for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've always said, a lot of the issues that people have with black businesses are not black business issues, they're small business issues. Mm. I can't ship in two days like Amazon, not because I'm a black business, because mm -hmm. I'm a small business, right? My shipping prices are higher than all of the other places that you normally shop at because I'm a small business and I don't have the relationships with FedEx and UPS and right. I'm not sending enough volume out to get the prices down um, like, you know, some of the bigger counterparts are. Um, 
so I, I loved how you talked about that, but I want to dig more into the sales piece again. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I've learned just from running the business over the years, again, is that when, when we get on the phone with people, or when we talk through email, but I like phone too, we get on the phone with people and they're, and they're happy, hey, this is great, I'm excited, that's an opportunity for us to sell in, into something else. When people are upset, and you know, every month we have we run numbers where it's like, hey, every month when we're talking to somebody that's trying to, um, uh, like in our, maybe I propel membership and they're trying to, you know, leave. If we can try to find out why they're leaving, a lot of times we can either save those people right. or we may have a different product or service for them that actually fits them better where, again, we can sell them into something else. Right. Small businesses that are watching, um, how can they begin to make that shift to like, okay, this is not just something I have to do for disgruntled customers, but this is an actual sales position and should they be hiring through that lens? Like, do I need to hire salespeople? Am I hiring just customer service people? Like, what does that look like? So, yeah, um, I think, and I get it because like I've started businesses myself too, so I get it. But for small business owners, your business is your baby and you are very emotionally tied to that, right? Especially in customer service. Yes. Whew. And it's hard to hear negative feedback, right? Very hard. And so a lot of my clients, I've had clients that say, listen, you handle this customer because if I respond, <laughs> it's not going to be good, right? Um, and then at the same time, they're afraid to give that responsibility to somebody else because they're not sure that that person's going to hold the hand of their customer the way they want them to. So for me, I think the best thing to do is to plan as much as you can up front. Uh -huh. That's where the SOPs come in. That's where those, those standard operating procedures have the procedures in place. Have some scripts in place of what you can say so that when those things happen, you already have a framework of what it is that you're going to say, right? Um, and then as far as hiring somebody, if you already have all those policies and procedures written out, you can really just hand it over to them. They know exactly. It's on brand with your company. They know exactly what you want them to say, how you want them to say it. And you can feel confident that they're going to handle the situation the way you would want them to. But the problem is, I think, again, a lot of small businesses don't think about customer service up front, so they yeah. don't plan. And more reactionary right. because of it. Right. Now, if they're trying to go out and find someone, okay, this is my baby, but I'm going to try to hand it off to somebody else and let somebody else handle customer service so they're not, you know, they can have, uh, handle it more objectively mm -hmm. than I would. Plus, I can get my time back because mm -hmm. customer service is like one of the big, Things that takes a lot it of takes time, a lot of time, yeah, for solopreneurs and you know early stage businesses. So we can get out of that, we can get our time back, and get focused on uh, driving in more sales or creating more business. But if they want to hand it off, are there certain qualities that you find in great customer service people? Oh, definitely, empathy. Mm. That's one of the biggest. So think about if you're a disgruntled customer. Think about a time that you had a bad experience and you and you called the company to complain. What was one of the things that you want? What was one of the main things that you wanted out of that exchange? You wanted to be heard. Yeah. Right? Not necessarily that they agreed with you, but they hear you and yeah. they understand. Listen, we, we dropped the ball. And they are accountable for what it is if they had a they're role in it, that they're accountable, right? So the person that you hire has to have empathy. They have to be self, uh, self-driven and uh, independent thinkers. Because sometimes you have to think on the fly, even though you yeah. have these scripts, you have that framework, but you can't you can't predict everything somebody's going to say when you're having a conversation with them. So it has to be somebody that's an independent thinker um, and then someone who is confident in themselves enough to know that they have certain things they can do to appease the customer. So you should have already had conversations with that customer service rep to say, 
Uh, here's some things you can do if we've got an upset customer. You can do this to try to make it right. So when they ask that question and they say to the customer, you know what, I am so sorry that you had this experience and looks like we dropped the ball and we do not want to use your, lose your business, what can we do to make it right? When they ask that question and the customer comes back and says, I want 50% off of whatever, they know they have permission to do certain things, right? Without having to come and ask you and taking right. some more of your time. So I think those are some of the biggest things that people need to look for when they're hiring somebody to do customer service, which, you know, nowadays I think it's, a, it's, um, it's, it's challenging mm -hmm. because... You've got to find somebody with some longevity, somebody who's going to stay with your company for a long time, somebody you can trust because they are the face of your company. Yeah, when front lines. Yes. And so it is challenging, but it's not impossible. And I think that if you have those things that you're looking for and, and, and having been in sales, I remember when I was being interviewed, there were certain times they would say, tell me about a time when you did this, this, this. How did it happen? You know, you could ask those types of questions to get their feedback and find out how would they handle a situation when a customer calls and is irate, uh -huh. right? So those are some of the things that you can do when you're looking to hire. Oh, just so good. You know, you talk about that, I was thinking about you know, how, how can we empower them, like you said, to be independent mm -hmm. um, so they don't have to come to us for different things or different decisions. And they can just close it right there mm -hmm. on the record. So the further you drag it out, I think that frustrates clients sometimes too when it's like hey that's called for this like we can't do this right now like you gotta or or i think even sometimes when somebody's like hey you know i gotta check with somebody and call you back what it does it triggers all the other times when you didn't get the call back right because then you're like here we here we you know it right, could be right, my very first right. instant with you but right. it's like oh here we go again i'll never get a call back this never happens and oh man like as you as you're talking to these different pieces i just have so many things running through my mind mm -hmm. of so many times just recently we had an instance um one of the banks that we use and my wife, you know, had a, had something they're supposed to be following up on, looking into, and they didn't, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, she's like, hey, I went back and I asked, like, like, this is like a big deal. Like, you're supposed to get back to me. Why did you not get back? And it was, you know, some excuse that probably was made up. But like, what I, I guess what they don't realize a lot of times, again, is not just the action in that moment. That person's bringing all the previous things that happened even outside of your company, right? The one time the other bank didn't call me back. Right. The one time this person blew me off. The one time this, and we get to this moment and it's not in a silo, but it's all those customer service experiences together look at through that lens. And that's the hard part. Like, you know, going back to the black owned businesses don't get the benefit of the doubt. I think we're paying for all of those times <laughs> that somebody else did you wrong, right? But yep. because we're a black owned business too, it's almost like we're held to a higher standard. That's true. You know, it's, it's that that whole thing, like when you're in corporate America, you've got to work 10 times harder, all of that same thing when you're a black owned business. Right. Um, and that's why I think if you start off with those touch points, like what you saw at Disney, if you yeah. start off with those touch points all along the way that when you make a mistake, if it happens, then they're more apt to forgive you because you've you've made yeah. them feel so special up until that point. Right. So one of the things I tell my clients is your first customer is not your outside customer, it's your inside customer, which mm. is your employee. And if your employees don't feel respected, appreciated, how you expect them to do that and pass that on to your customers, right? So when you look at Disney, when you look at, um, let's say Delta Airlines or even Publix, I was at Publix one day and one of the cashiers, she was ringing me up and her manager walked up and gave her a hundred dollar gift card and said, 
this is for I just appreciation for all the hard work you do. Wow. And I said, okay, so I, now I understand when I go into Publix and I ask them for help and they're willing to help me, they, they feel good about where they're working. It's part of the culture, right. sounds like. Exactly. So, but now look at Walmart. Do you think those employees feel good about where they're working? They're I don't think so. mumbling, talking yes, under their breath. <laughs> they do. So yeah, I think um, you gotta, it's, it's the whole journey, like we talked about yeah. before. It's the whole journey. And if you give them those little touch points all along the way, when you make that little mistake, then they'll say to themselves, well, this is uncharacteristic of that company. Let, let, me, let me just reach out to them because this isn't like them. Right. But if you don't do those little touch points along the way, I did a talk recently to some financial people and it was tax preparers. And I said, what if you you're doing someone's taxes? You see they have children. You've got the birth dates of the children. Why not send their child a happy birthday card, yeah. you know, in August, months after you've done the taxes with a ten dollar Chick-fil-A gift card in it? Right. And they were like, wow, I never thought about that because. To me, if if that happened with me, if the my tax prepared, it's the small things because I I'm not expecting that, right? But all I'm thinking is I'm going to reach out to my tax preparer in April to do my taxes. I'm not thinking about they're going to send my kid a birthday uh, card or whatever in the fall or whenever my kid's yeah. birthday is. But when they do, now you're top of mind again. Now I feel special. Feel that whole feeling thing. Now I feel special. Now I feel like you really care about me, not just doing my taxes. And then when tax time rolls around again, I'm more apt to use you. And to, and get this, I'm probably gonna call my my friends and say, Yo, you know what I got in the mail today? Exactly. Right. So that's the whole thing is trying to get your customers to do the selling for you, so you don't have to spend as much money on marketing and you know getting the new customers in the door. And let me let me ask you this because I know um, always see you doing kind of like ratings and reviews and stuff online too. How important is that for small businesses to Very. get those rating and reviews? And then like, are there any specific things that they should be doing, you know, whether online or brick and mortar, whatever like that, to to get more of those reviews uh, from clients and customers? If we're, well, to answer your first question, very important because we, you know, COVID did us in like. COVID made everybody stay home and really focus on those online reviews. Mm. So a lot of times, I think now, even now that we're all out and about again, we still go to Google. We still go to Yelp. We still go to those websites to look at reviews first because that's kind of what we got into in 2020. So it's extremely important. And when I look at reviews, if I see a negative one, I keep going. I want to see what percentage is negative yeah. compared to positive. But if you're not like me and you see that one negative one, and if it's a rip roaring negative, you might say, oh, forget it. Right. Yeah. So now I'm you like, didn't even get a chance to make a good impression with that person because they saw one negative review. I, I, I try. You know what I do is I try to sort them if I can, because mm. I want to read what all the worst. I don't really care about the ones. In the right. middle. I want to read what the top ones say. <laughs> and then I want to read like the one star, like what are the one? And then. I'll say, you know, like like some of the one stars may be a fluke. It may be like, hey, right. this that one product they got was defective, or maybe the, you know, sometimes people do be tripping. Right, right, right. right. So maybe they were tripping. But I'm I'm looking for like, hey, I'm gonna read all the ones at the very bottom. Do they say the same thing? Because if they all saying like, hey, I got it, and it was like this, I got it like this, I ain't doing it. And right? I definitely do that with hotels. Because mm. if, if it's several of them saying they got roaches, okay, they got roaches. <laughs> it's not just one person, right? If it's several of them. But yeah, I do that. And as far as um, what you can do to get more reviews, one thing I've seen lately is restaurants do this a lot. They will, um, if you have to do a reservation, 
on the when when the reservation is over, you'll get a thing that says if you do a review, you'll be entered into a drawing for five hundred dollars or whatever. Do a review yeah, of your favorite. So they solicit it. Right now, I will say some of my clients are afraid to get those reviews because yeah. they again, they don't want to hear the negative. But you need that so that you can improve. That's yeah, that that's feedback, good. good and negative feedback helps you improve. So soliciting, doing the surveys, calling. I like to call people, get them on the phone and ask them. Here's the other thing. I don't know if you do this, Lamar, but do you call as the CEO of Tyler New Media? Do you call people and say, I'm Lamar Tyler. I'm the CEO. I do not. I actually like calling people, but yes. I don't. I don't. But I'm. you know what? I'm going I'm to do it um, next week. I'm going I'm I'm to off. You know, I'm, I'm out tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I don't know when it's filmed. I don't know if the crew knew. Don't look for me tomorrow. I'm out. I'm out here celebrating. But when I'm back in the office, I'm going to do Because I actually, I actually like talking to the clients because it, it's what you were saying before. You're talking about calling. We do a lot of phone calls here. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times people are scared and afraid to get on that phone. But they don't realize is that when you call from a business that people actually spend money with. It's not like you cold calling people. No. I've done cold calling the call center. It's totally different. Most of the time they're excited. Like they'll, you know, first they're like, all right, who is this? Yeah, yeah. Then we like traffic sales. They like, hey, you know, cause they excited about the brand. But yeah. I know they would love to hear from me. I'm, I'm gonna do that. That's, um, how many times have you gotten called by a CEO? Never. Right. So that's another way to stand out. And so I tell my clients that get on the phone, even if you just call five people a week. Yeah, that's good. Right. Just call them and, and talk to them and say, because, again, it shows that person it's that personalized and focused customer service. And it shows them that they are value to you and that you really want their feedback. So, yeah, I think you should do it. I love it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Now I feel like I got to because we got this on camera. <laughs> Hey y'all, uh, edit this part out just in case I don't, uh, <laughs> in case I don't follow through. No, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Start next week. I love it. All right. So if somebody's watching, small business owner, and they saying, "Oh my goodness, this is so good." Um, like, what should I do to begin my journey to delivering better customer service? Any first steps or things they should do besides picking up the phone and calling people? Oh, def no, they don't need to do that first. Okay. No, I think uh, the first thing they need to do is figure out again what do they want that customer to experience with their business? Mm -hmm. How do they want them to feel from the beginning to the end and beyond? What do they want them to say behind closed doors about their business? And once they figure that out, write all of that down and then figure out how you're going to get them to feel that. How are you going to get them to experience that? What are you going to do step by step from the time that they see your website to the time that they call you to the time they walk in the door if you have a brick and mortar um, to the time they get your products, if it's shipped to them, whatever it is. What are you going to do step by step? And then what are you going to do step by step to keep them? Because what's the, the I think it's um, if you increase customer retention by 5%, it increases your revenue anywhere between 25% and wow. 85%. Yep. Anywhere in that's a huge I range. Believe it. But you, I know you talk about customer lifetime value, yeah. right? So the money's not always getting new people, it's keeping no, the people that you have. It's keeping people that you have. And if you keep me and I go out and tell everybody how wonderful TSP is, my customer lifetime value is exponentially greater because now That's I've true. brought people to you that you didn't have to go out and get, right? That's true, yeah. So you've got to tr try to figure out ways that you can encourage that. And if you write it all out, then act on it. You've got to implement it. Once you implement it, then it's smooth sailing after that. Once you get it part of your culture. Yeah, this has yeah. been amazing. All right, if people want to work with you, they want to learn more about you, they want to follow you online, how can they learn more about you and what you do? 
So online, I'm on like eight different uh, social media <laughs> platforms. Um, but online, it's uh, The Client Consultant. So I'll be on Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, The Client Consultant. And then uh, my website is www.angelablackcrc.com. And they can find me there. I love it. So I want all of you to commit to delivering a higher quality, right? And higher standard of customer service using what Angela talked about today. I can't wait to hear what you took away from this. Do me a favor, right? Leave us a comment if you're watching. If you're listening, I want you to send us a message on social and let us know how you'll make customer service better. I hope you enjoyed today's show. We drop new episodes every single week. So make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. Enjoy the next episode.